Guys, support the Noob Spiro podcast by shopping with today's sponsor, spearfishing.com.au. That's right, you can use the code Noob Spiro and save $20 on all purchases over $200. If you're looking for that next spear gun or wetsuit, then spearfishing.com.au has got a huge range of equipment for you to go and check out. There's good reviews on there about everything from booties to budgie smugglers, so enjoy and get hold of something good. If you live here in Australia, check out Adreno's physical stores in Melbourne, Sydney or Brisbane and join over 60 underwater experts to get advice about everything you need for equipment. Thank you for shopping with our sponsor, spearfishing.com.au and supporting the Noob Sparrow podcast. G'day, Noobers. Welcome to the world's premier spearfishing podcast, a Noob Sparrow podcast with Shrek and Turbo. G'day, guys. Welcome to our latest episode, one-on-one on GoPro, everything you need to know on GoPro. So we chat a little bit at to some experts. We bring up a little bit of our old footage from a couple of experts we've already interviewed. And uh, we also say g'day for his first time on the show, our uh, sound, our audio engineer and our video engineer. What's his name? Pat. Pat. Pat Dwyer. Patrick Sebastian Dwyer. Oh, mate. Absolute gun. And he's going to tell us all about some of the finer points of editing sound and video. Yeah, awesome. Pat doesn't know it yet, but he is very good at um, doing audio and video, have, he's a recent graduate from. What do you mean he doesn't already know? He yeah, knows. We haven't teed him up for this at all. No, no, but he knows how good he is. Oh yeah, yeah, no, of course he does. He tells us all hey, the time. It's a man. Yeah. All right. So moving along, yeah. So as Turbo sort of alluded to, we are going to pull up a chat we had with Tacker about his gold tips for using GoPros, and then we're going to follow that up with. Um, an excerpt from Aaron Chase's interview because he's from Spearheads and they they do these mass productions where they um, sort of coordinate these awesome videos that are are very popular on YouTube. You can check them out. And uh, so that section's fantastic. We also chat about accessories with him from batteries and memory cards to settings and filters and you name it. We we sort of cover it. So it's pretty comprehensive. Mm, Very good. Before we get there, let's go over some listener questions and common issues that people have with GoPros Turbo. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we should start off with just putting Pat to the... To yeah. The... So just for our listeners, um, Pat doesn't actually know that he's going to be asked these questions. So we were in the studio and we didn't have answers to these questions because we're, we're not experts, but Patrick is. So we recorded this without any answers and we're going to throw it over to Pat. So, ah, so awesome, Pat. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, enjoy, Pat. And <laughs> and you out there, you enjoy Pat's answers. I'm sure they're going to be great, perhaps. Yeah. Look, so one question that a lot of people ask is, you know, how do I find royalty-free music to use on my spearfishing videos? Because a lot of guys put these well-edited videos up and they find the music they want, they bung it all together, they whack it up on YouTube, 24 hours later, bump bow, you've all of a sudden had your video and rights and you've got a black mark on YouTube. So Pat is a out he's found he found the quality music for the Noob Spirit no, podcast. Didn't. That's you and me jamming in the garage. It's wow. good. It was. Oh yeah. It's catchy. Yes, that was a very sad high five. So, yeah, Pat, can you help us out with some ideas for finding royalty-free music to use in our spearfishing videos? Thanks, Pat. Uh, thanks, Shrek and Turbo. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Pat Dwyer. I'm uh, the producer alongside Shrek and Turbo for the Noobs Bureau podcast. 
Uh, like the guys said, I wasn't really expecting to be a part of the show today, but uh, I guess they caught me out, so I'll do my best to answer a couple of the questions uh, for you guys to understand a little bit more about uh, GoPro videos. Now, there's a couple of really good resources for royalty-free music online, uh, but first of all, I think you need to understand what royalty-free music actually means. So like Shrek said, if you decide to throw a really famous song by ACDC or you know Shrek's favourite brand Nickelback into your video, you can uh, expect YouTube to take it down for copyright infringement because you haven't actually paid to use that music. You can get music from creators online through a number of different types of licensing and royalty free is just one of those. Uh, and royalty free means that you can purchase music from the creator one time and use that music as long as you like for any of your videos. So you don't actually need to share royalties with the artist if you make money from your videos, in other words. Uh, if you don't want to have to pay for music to use in your videos, you can actually search for music in the Creative Commons domain instead, which means that the creator has actually allowed anybody to download their music for free in exchange for being credited in that product. So, for example, if you included music by the artist XYZ in your video under the Creative Commons agreement, you just need to credit that artist either in the description or in the credits of the video. It's pretty much as easy as just saying music for this video was provided by you know, XYZ. And sometimes these creators do specify whether they will allow you to use their music for commercial or profitable products or whether they disallow that. So if you do plan on making money from your videos, make sure you found a creator that allows you to make money while using their music. I have put together a list of websites for Shrek to include in the show notes of this episode for everyone to check out if they want to include music in their videos and share them online. Uh, some of my favourite websites include one called Incompetech. It's hosted by a guy named Kevin McLeod who composes a whole bunch of music in almost any genre you can imagine. So any of the music you find on Incompetech can be used completely for free so long as you include a small credit for Kevin in the video. So that's incompetech.com. Again, I'll put that in the show notes. Another one that's really cool is mobygratis.com. It's actually a website created by the famous musician Moby. Some of you might have heard of him before. He licenses around about 150 songs from his website for free, and all you need to do is create an account on his website. Uh, one more place with a lot of variety is bensound.com. They offer most of their music under the Creative Commons license, so all you need to do really is just credit the creator each time you use one of their pieces of music. Like I said, I'll have Shrek put together a list of links for you guys to click on in the show notes and find some good music for your own spearfishing videos. Back to you guys. Great answer, Pat. A lot of value there. <laughs> ton of value for our audience there, Pat. Spot on. All right, moving right. on. Next question for Pat. Um, you've given us a few lectures, Pat, about recording a B-roll of footage to use for the films and videos we put together from, you know, tutorials to more like storytelling style videos to even just montages, you know, like, um, but you're quite sort of, um, how would you say it? I don't know where you're going with this. He's, he, quite he, he's very sort of forceful about you, about creating a B-roll of footage so that you can create oh, a, yes. a compelling video. Yeah, he wants a lot of he wants a lot of shots, doesn't he? He always wants a lot of shots. Yeah, and uh, a lot of different angles. So, um, Pat, why don't you uh, tell us why you do that and what that gives you as an editor? Um, in terms artistically and, and how that changes a video. Yeah, not autistically it. like Turbo, artistically like, like Shrek. Uh -huh. So, um, yeah, Classic that'd be great. Shrek. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, so B-roll footage, give us a lowdown. How do, how do we do it? What are we looking for when we go B-roll? Thanks, joke. Pat. 
Alrighty, B-roll footage. So for those of you who don't know what B-roll is and couldn't pick it up through Shrek and Turbo's explanation before, uh, B-roll footage is essentially just lots of extra pieces of footage that don't show the main subject of the video. It pretty much can show any other little bits and pieces that might be related to the subject. So for example, you've taken a GoPro out on one of your spearfishing trips and you want to capture the entire essence of the full trip. So you might think of uh, taking a GoPro underwater with you and capturing some of your mates hunting underwater. Uh, most people think that just this is good enough and you can slap together a handful of uh, pieces of footage underwater and send it out to your friends and Facebook and, and call it a day. But it doesn't really give you enough context of the entire trip if you only filmed you and your buddies underwater hunting. You know, you've got to whip out the GoPro when you're on the boat and get some B-roll footage of people putting on their wetsuits, you know, the boat captain in action. And of course, all the best catches of the day once you get back out of the water as well. So the idea for B-roll footage is to get as much footage in as many different angles as possible. And then you can put that together to make it a really exciting video. Something that Turbo does really well with the Noob Spiro YouTube channel is getting a lot more B-roll footage for some of his tutorial videos. So if you guys haven't been onto the Noob Spiro YouTube channel, there's a link to that at the bottom of noobspiro.com. You can check that out. And Turbo's thrown together some awesome videos like the DIY fitting a roller powerhead to a roller gun one. In that particular video, there are lots of different camera angles for everything that Turbo is doing in the workshop. And the advantage of having so many different angles is that if Turbo is on camera and speaking, he can make the video a bit more interesting by cutting and changing between, you know, other footage of him in the workshop measuring his pole and, you know, picking out rubbers that might be a little too big for him. <laughs> So, sorry Turbo, you guys caught me by surprise, so I'm, uh, I'm pretty much free game right now to make these answers anything that I feel like and you guys have no idea until we publish this episode. <laughs> so uh, I mean in all seriousness it does make for a lot more uh, compelling video if you can manage to score lots of b-roll footage and close-ups of everything. You know they only need to be 10 or 15 second clips at a time so if you want to record a voiceover later on you can actually just show some of that close-up footage of your catch and tell the listener how big it was or what species it was. So there you go, fellas, my answers for royalty-free music and B-roll footage. Back to you. Guys, today's show is not only brought to you with our partner, spearfishing.com.au, it's brought to you by our brand new ebook available on Amazon. Turbo, what's the thing called again? It's called 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing. Why is it called 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing? Because it's got 99 tips in there to help you get better at spearfishing. I thought you said there was way more than 99. Well, there's 99 official tips, but each tip can be broken down into several tips. So it's like tips and tips and... Oh, it's tips on tips. A multiplication of oh, tips. Mate. Just actionable information. Oh, you can put it straight into action. That's awesome. the best thing about it. It should have been tips. called 99 actionable tips to get better at spearfishing. Oh. But because we we're paying per letter on the cover, we just went with 99 <laughs> tips to get better at spearfishing. <laughs> All right, guys, available on Amazon.com. Thanks for joining us today on the New Spiro podcast. Okay, so we've got some problems here that we, we have encountered ourselves, especially Turbo. He's had a lot of problems uh, with GoPro. So Turbo, we talked about shaky, fast head movement or gun movement if you've got a gun mount. Wherever people have got the camera mounted, um, the footage is often shaky and unusable. How can we change that? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I know everybody says when they're uh, diving and they're giving advice, everything's got to be done very slowly. And um, wearing a GoPro on your head really shows you just at what speed you're moving your head underwater. 
So, uh, and we all say, oh, use your eyes, don't move your head and slow everything down. Well, when I got my footage back on my GoPro, I realized, even though I thought I was in super slow motion, not quite, not at all. It was actually so jerky and erratic that it was unusable. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but one good thing is it's kind of like made me realize that and slow down a bit. So Yeah. One thing it's made, I think you realize as well is that it's very hard to edit together. You know, these small 20-second clips that are your total sort of dive times. So it's hard to... <laughs> that, he's been running that joke. Well, how many episodes have we done now? What's this? 44. Is it, that joke has been run from from episode 1 to 44. My yeah. God, is it tiresome? I love it. Man, so, man, it's okay, so, so shit. So what you're saying basically is that... I left the KFC jokes at episode 22, I think. <laughs> Well, you had to. I trimmed up. Oh, please. <laughs> My God, we just went out for Euros. thing was full of chips and fat. Anyway, anyway, anyway so fast movement. So basically you're saying to the guys, you've got nothing practical. It's just going to do it and learn. No, slow down. Like actually slow down. Look at your footage. When you get home, it'll stand out to you if you're moving too quick. Go back in your next dive. Use your eyes. Concentrate on slowing down and you'll get better footage. Okay, cool. Right, I'm glad I put you under the thumb there. That was much more actionable. Okay, We're all so, about actionable. So we sort of alluded to it. It was mounting. Now, mounts for GoPros. No, not that sort of mounting, Tavo. Settle down. When we're, when we're in the, alone in the studio like this without a guest, we need that chaperone, that influence of the guest. But anyway, um, what sort of mount do you think is the most effective? What have you used yourself? Yeah. So, yeah, well, I just use the... Um, just the the head mount strap, yeah. and I don't even use a genuine one. I got a um, I got a Chinese copy for a lot cheaper than what GoPro does them for, and I thought it was great. Actually, I've still got them. I've got two of them, and and they've not had any dramas at all either of those ones. So um, yeah, I recommend those definitely. I've not tried the um, actual mounted to the goggles. The sorry, the dive mask one. Yeah. Um, that actually the go mask looks really good. The volume of it looks pretty small too. So I think that's probably going to be a good option. I'm going to definitely have a look at that. I did actually use an old mask and I glued a GoPro fitting to the top, and that worked pretty good as well. So I just used uh, Araldite, scuffed up the top of the mask. It was an old school 80s flat sort of one and um, scuffed it up with a bit of sandpaper, scuffed up the bottom of the GoPro mount and just um, Araldited it on. It worked really well. Okay. And you said there's a couple of universal mounts that people can fit their GoPro to just about any mask? Yeah, right? I haven't used one. I've seen them online. They're like a um, for particular masks. They're like a little clip-on style thing. That look pretty good. I'd really want to give them a go to make sure that they're all right. Yeah. One thing about the um, about the head strap, though, is I was using it in current. And, uh, oh, is this when you lost my GoPro? No, that was my GoPro. Oh. Yours, yours was never lost. You got one with a hole in it, remember? You, you bought that second-hand one with a, that the dude had put um, silicon sealer on the crack. Remember, he charged you like $200 and it had silicon sealer <laughs> on it? <laughs> Remember that one? All right, get what he is, Charles. Yeah, so no, I, I used it in current and I actually, I actually had it wash off um, my head and I didn't even realise it was gone. And uh, yeah, so it was in uh, blue water too, so it's probably sitting at about 80 or 90 metres. Yeah, don't worry. There was no good footage on there anyway. Oh, so. there was excellent footage on there too. Yeah, they were always on the ones you lose for some reason. Oh, so. mate, it was huge what I shot. <laughs> Just all those big fish, <laughs> the big ones. Right. Yeah. You've sort of identified fogging as an issue. So how does this sort of make itself known? So inside of the housing gets foggy 
with condensation and the uh, and the footage comes out literally foggy, like it looks like it would look, and it's a real problem. So you can get these little um, moisture things to go in there, and I've even used, I've heard that people use like female sanitary pads in there, cut up, um, and I have used the little um, silica gel beads out of shoes um, as well oh, and put okay. them in there. So I haven't really found anything that works excellently, but um, yeah, it definitely helps. Um, the other one that I found, a great tip that I found um, from the GoPole website was using the GoPro in water. When, the, when you come up out of the water, you get droplets of water um, on the housing in front of the lens and it um, ruins the image. We can actually just lick the GoPro um, housing and uh, yeah, it seems to stop that really, really well. Sweet. Okay, so we've covered a few problems off. Uh, guys, if you've got any more problems, I'd love to hear about them. Chuck them in the comments. Reach out to us on Facebook or subscribe to the Floater email newsletter and let us know what sort of things you're battling with with the GoPros because we can reach out and find answers to this from all sorts of people. We, yeah, so that'll be that'll be good to hear from you. Um, let's move on and hook into part of the interview we did with Michael Takash from Underwater Ally Productions. So him and uh, Jesse Cripps have got an awesome thing going with some of their films, and uh, he is brilliant with the GoPro. So. Without further ado, let's get into Attacker's tips for effective GoPro use. I guess since I've pretty much converted to GoPro, it's just because it's just so easy. I just love not having to use my hands and just having it on my head the whole time. Um, yeah, it's, I've seen a lot of guys that get the GoPro and they, they don't put it into that one button mode. I highly recommend using that just for saving battery and saving the memory on your computer okay, um, yep. some guys who we met some guys that have actually just they turn the gopro on at the start of the day and they just leave it running all day and then at the end of the day <laughs> after they replace the battery and the memory cards they just edit this you know i think the gopro films like a, <laughs> i think it's like a 20 or 30 minute clip and they they sift through that trying to find the footage and uh, you, know, you don't have enough headache. enough scroll bar to even find where you've shot it in that sounds fun yeah. And your computer just runs out of memory, and it's just so hard. You have, you either have to like re-edit the clip and like export it again, and it's just a headache, especially when you're just diving all day, taking you know hundreds and hundreds of clips. So, what I like to do is I like to set it to that one button mode, and just before I dive, I just push it once, listen to it beep, and then once it's ready, I just dive. Yep. And then as I come back up, just hold it and turn it back off. And uh, the other thing that I learned. Um, from my from my mate the low bros they actually had a really good system they um they before they turn the camera off again they either give a thumbs up or a thumbs down mm -hmm. so or if it's halfway. or like a uh, yeah, little, you know so so kind of symbol yeah. so if if it's a you know a rubbish clip and you don't want it you just give it a thumbs down and turn the camera off so when it comes to you sorting your footage out on the computer you just skip to the end of each clip and go yeah. Thumbs down, delete. Thumbs down, delete. Thumbs That's up, keep it. You know, and then that way, mm. it just that saves you hours so and hours of just sifting through footage. That's good. And how do you get the? How do? You, is it? Have you got any tricks for getting the angle of the GoPro on the head right? Um, I'm <laughs> I pretty much try to get it the same the same angle as the mask. So the same kind of on the same kind of pane as the mask. So I just. I basically just usually ask someone that I'm diving with, like, how's the camera look? And they look from the side, and, they, and if it's pointing forward, you know, I wedge my finger behind there, and I get – I pretty much know now just from the feel of my finger in between the GoPro and the head strap where 
where is right. But yep. if, if I you, just palm, yeah, I palm otherwise my you just put your palm on your on your mask and, and then yeah. try to keep it flat with the GoPro, I find that that works yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I think it's probably a better thing for Shrek too with those um like pork sausage fingers of his, like, like <laughs> the actual thing of pointing at the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky I don't have a GoPro, I guess. <laughs> but I do, but it's got a broken housing. And it's, a, it's like a GoPro 1.2, isn't it? Yeah, it's mm. pretty ugly. Black and white. I have one of those. I can't kill it. I've lost it in waterfalls, and Michael's gone back and recovered it three weeks later. I just can't. I've still got the thing. I just don't wear it because it falls off my head now. There's so much drag on it. Just it's like swimming it. around with a Rubik's Cube on your head. <laughs> oh, no, that's good. Cool. All right, any, any parting tips with um, filming production? So it, it, it applies to video or photos. So um, mainly with the, the first major tip that I think you could get is um, to always have your back to the sun. Um, okay. Unless you're going to go for a silhouette shot or something, um, you get better colours when you have the, the sun behind you. So that's probably the first one. Um, the second, get closer to whatever you're taking photos of. Obviously, this depends on the camera that you have, but um, just get closer. Like a lot of people take photos three metres away and they crop the photo later, yeah. but they just lose so much colour and they get, there's a lot more dirt in the water between you and your subjects. It just comes out a bit blurrier. All right. Well, some more tips, Jesse. <laughs> um, yeah, probably just quickly um, for spend the time to get your shot in focus. Um, if you're using a, like a professional camera rather than a GoPro, um, figure out, learn the focus settings on your camera and, and get it right because that's usually the one thing that you cannot fix um, on the computer after. Um, once it's if it's blurry, that's it. It's you know you might as well throw that footage out. Um, another one would be slow and steady. So a lot of people, especially when they have the GoPro in the head, they just sort of flick around and, and don't, um, like let the camera settle and get the shot. So if you're filming a fish count, like one, two, three, four, five, and just get that shot because when you get back into the edit suite and start looking at footage, you're like, oh, I can't use that. You know, I've, I've moved and then there's a fish and then I've, looked away again like things in your head happen so much quicker than you realize um especially when you're spearing and you've only got you know a minute or minute and a half breath hold um so yeah just just go slow and and yeah and get your shot right thanks tacker that was that was a that was a mad section we had there with tacker turbo what did you sort of uh take away from that as the most actionable tip yeah, um, for me, I like the thumbs up, thumbs down after each clip. Um, that is an editor's dream because if it's if it's a good piece of footage that you want to keep, you give that thumbs up, and that comes up um, on the tiles and the editing software, so you can just go, oh yeah, I'm either either going to download that or I'm not. So um, yeah, that was uh, that's a really really good tip. Yeah, awesome. All right, let's move on. Let's move into part of the interview, the Veterans Vault section we did with Aaron Chase because that was phenomenal. Like some of the stuff the Spearheads crew get up to is wicked, and I love the sort of the deep dive into the accessories around GoPros that people can get into if they want to. So without further ado, Aaron Chase from Spearheads. Obviously, GoPros are awesome. Um, you can capture that that great moment of spearing that you can relive it. You know the the, the awesome moment that you had underwater. Um, you, you can now relive that on a computer. You can share it with your friends. You know we've had some cool shark stuff um, that I can bring back and don't show my wife, but show my friends. You know, <laughs> 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 but um, 
they're compact, they're affordable, you know, they're, they're just great. Uh, I think they're great for our sport too. And I think that they've been a huge asset to growing spearfishing as, as a whole, because now people that wouldn't typically understand what goes on to the water can see it, you know, in, in many different ways, obviously, yep. obviously through YouTube and Facebook and, you know, Instagram. Yeah. Cool. All right. So how long have you been, been using GoPros with your, with your friends and maybe spearheads? Um, I, I don't, I don't remember exactly when we started using it. Um, I know that, you know, kind of the way that Spearhead started was, you know, Jeremy Fole would put out a video with his GoPro footage and Jose would put out a video with him and Andrew's stuff. And Justin Baker would put out a video with his and I just bought one. And so I started, you know, using it. I'm like, I'm going to record videos and then, you know, Jose and I were talking one day. I'm like, why don't we take everyone's clips from their GoPros and send them all to you, Jose, and then you edit them and you do a cool video. That way we, instead of everyone doing one video a year, we can do a few videos a year. Um, and, you know, they'll be cool to watch and it won't be just one person. You know, they'll be, you know, the group of people. So that's, that's really the start of Spearheads right there. Um, yeah, right. Okay, was, cool. You know, taking everyone's GoPro footage. And everyone sending it to Jose, and and we he made a video from it, you know. Yeah, awesome. And the beauty of that is you get so many different perspectives, right? Yeah. In in, in the film, and there's more seems to be more action. There's a lot of action going on in your stuff, and yeah. you don't have to do any editing. Jose does it, so <laughs> yeah. It, no, that's exactly right. As soon as I got my footage, and I'm like, okay, I got footage. What am I going to do with it? Uh, I'll just send it to Jose. You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't I let him do, and and he's. Obviously, from the beginning days of Spearheads, and you guys can go on YouTube and look, you know, Spearheads TV, the first videos we did compared to what we just released in Bahamas. Obviously, we use some GoPros, but mostly uh, underwater DSLR cameras. Um, But but Jose still films all his stuff with a GoPro. And I bet you if you watch that, the Bahamas video, you won't be able to tell the difference between the DSLR because of the way he edits it. Yeah, right. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. Yeah, this is what I mean. There's a difference in sort of and 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 the quality of people's footage with GoPros and there's there's a lot of stuff that people learn the hard way and sometimes some of the guys aren't even aware of now, which is why I was really keen to do a bit of a veterans fold on it with you. So, look, a guy a guy has just bought his GoPro, um, you know, say he's been spearfishing for maybe 18 months or something hey. and he's he's just got his GoPro. It's arrived in the mail. He's you know, he's got all the options in front of him. What, what kind of settings is he going to? Well, first of all, like he unwraps it. What, what do you think he should? What, what should his next steps be? Like practice with it around the house or like in the swimming pool? Uh, how, how would you go about it? Just make sure it turns on to start with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've had that happen before, and uh, GoPro is really great about fixing it. But I've had, you know, I bought a new GoPro and it didn't turn on. But um, the first thing for me. Um, I would definitely get more batteries um, and the memory cards because for us, we're in water, uh, we go out and you have the regular battery, it's going to be out in an hour. And then now you get out of the water and you're having an opportunity to introduce water into the GoPro when you try to change the battery. So what we've done is, um, I don't know if it's available in Australia, but in the US, uh, they're called Wasabi batteries for GoPro. And, um, we bought them on Amazon and they're the double ones, you know, they, you need the extra door on the back. Um, okay. but with that, I can record 
almost all day with one battery. That way I'm not, you know, opening the case and, you know, having opportunities for my GoPro to get wet throughout the day. You know, it's closed all day. Wasabi batteries. Okay, we'll link that up in the show notes. And what about memory cards? Have you got a recommendation there? Yeah, I don't think anyone needs any more than 32 uh, gigs. That's me personally, unless you're going to go multiple, multiple days um, recording without downloading. But I have yet to fill up a 32 gig um, memory card. Uh, and then just make sure that it's fast enough, you know, get the fastest one because you want to make sure that if you're, let's say you're, you know, recording in 1080p, 120 frames a second, you want to make sure that that memory card is going to be able to keep up with the camera. All right. So the guy's got his new camera. He's bought um, the Wasabi battery and he's got a 32 gig fast memory card. What settings is he going to program into that GoPro to start making the most of it? Well, I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm the worst camera guy on Spearheads. And <laughs> Jose taught me everything I need to know about GoPro and how to set up mine so he can have good footage. Uh, yeah, but cool. uh, so it's um, 1080. Uh, I, I don't think you need anything more than 1080 um, for what a traditional person at spearfishing is going to do. That's, and the reason I say that is because unless you're going to do a f- con- entire video with more um, resolution, you know, a 4k, uh, if you're going to edit it in 4k and you have a computer that can handle that great and record that. But most of us don't, and most of us are going to just put it on YouTube and have fun with it. I don't think you're going to need anything more than 1080. It still makes a great picture. And then, um, you know, the, the frames per second, the really, the only reason that you need that in my opinion is to do the slow motion stuff. Um, so I always like to keep it you know, as high a frame a second I can. So 1080, I think, I think mine has 1080 at 120 frames a second. And, um, that's good. And you can do a little bit of slow motion stuff. Jose obviously works his magic with that. And, um, yeah, it'll give you a good all around camera. You'll get some unbelievable, uh, shots. Um, and I think everything will come out, um, perfect for, for what we'll, we'll be doing with it, you know? Okay, a lot of guys talk about how they had the lens set up. Um, so some people say have it have it set wider, but then everything seems further away and smaller. Is that so? What's your experience with that? Uh, we go to the medium setting. Uh, that way, uh, like you said, if it's wide, then you're going to get a big picture, but everything's going to be super far away. So when if you're shooting a fish, you know, let's say you have a head mount and uh, you try to shoot a fish, well, it's going to the fish may not be visible. Uh, especially if you're taking a long shot um, okay. with that with that wide view. So the middle one is is really what we use. Okay, so we've got 1080p, 120 frames per second, or that's what we think it is. Medium setting for what do we call that? Do I, I don't know. There's setting? there's three settings. There's wide, narrow, and then there's normal. <laughs> maybe I I don't know. Yeah, cool. No, that's all right. And the Pro Tune button, which has got something to do with light, but we're just not going to use that. All right, I watched a recent Spearheads video. It's right. about it's about mounts, about yep. how to take the camera with you. So there's gun mounts, head mounts, um, mask mounts, um, and then you, you've got these kind of these frames that you can put the GoPro in to give you more stability and things like that. Can yep. we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's actually very important. You know, we can talk about settings all day. Um, but how you mount them and how you shoot your image is more important. Um, if you have, you can have it on 4K, but if you're not, you don't have a steady shot, then it's useless really. So um, 
you know, a mask mount or a head mount is great for getting those second shots. Um, it's easy, you know, you just have it on your head and you push the button and you listen for it to start and stop. Uh, the problem with that is you actually move your head a lot more than, you know, so you're, when you're, when you're looking at your video, when you're looking for those really crisp, really, um, really good shots underwater, um, it's hard to get that with a head mount and you'll only be able to use, uh, you know, a second here, or a second there of the, of the footage because it's just moving so much, but, but that, that kill shot, you know, you can get that, you can, you have the perspective of the person that's looking at it, you know? And then obviously there's the gun mounts, which, uh, also have its place, uh, that give a different perspective. Um, and you'll see in some of our videos and you know, we have some head mounts and some gun mounts and I've even make some, made some wrist mounts so that I can shoot oh, okay. and, and try. It didn't work that well. Cause um, it's hard to, it's hard to hunt and think about filming. And I know there yeah, are some yeah. guys that have, um, I don't remember who I, I remember thinking those guys are animals for hunting and filming at the same time, because it's really difficult to, you know, have your mind frame set on hunting. And then while you're hunting switch to video mode, you know, and switch back and forth. It's, it's difficult, but, um, the, the gun mounts are great. You have like the front, for my gun, I have a mount that uh, mounts in the back of the gun. So I get the whole gun in the shot as well as hopefully the fish when I actually hit a fish. But, um, you know, hopefully you'll get it on camera. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about the head strap? Do you guys use that? I do. That's, I actually don't have a, um, mask mount. We just oh, okay, filmed, yep. we just filmed in Costa Rica last week or the week before. And that's, that was my secondary, um, angle was the mask mount. The only, I mean, I'm sorry, the, um, the head strap. The only downside to that is if you're wearing a, a wetsuit with a hood, then, you know, it's going to let more water in through the strap area. And it does get kind of uncomfortable throughout the day, but um, it works the same as a mask mount. So the standalone kind of, what do you call them? The other, the, the kind of the mounts that you hold in your hands. Oh yeah, they're uh, well. The one we use is called a tray, and tray. yeah, uh, they're actually kind of expensive. Uh, I think I don't remember where Jose got the ones that we have, but uh, they're I think they're around a hundred U.S. dollars to get a tray, which is really ridiculous. Um, but uh, a lot of the footage that we've had for for spearheads was used using a tray, and it really it allows for a really stable shot because you can use both hands, and um, you're not usually the person that's using the tray is not doing anything but filming, so um, that person's usually focused on getting a good angle and a good shot, you know, clear, not moving around, you know, no jolting back and forth. So it really makes for a great shot. So. The tray is like a two-handed sort of uh -huh. um, little jig that the the GoPro gets attached to. Yep. Now, that and you said most of your footage comes from that. So if you're gonna, if if guys are serious, they've got a crew of say three or four guys. Yep. You would what recommend at least one of those guys in the water filming the whole time, like a dedicated film guy. Absolutely. Is that what you guys do? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we hadn't until um, until Palm Beach or Palm Beach episode, which is the one before the Bahamas one. And the Bahamas one, um, we've changed our the way we really do spearheads. And uh, from now on, every trip that we go on, uh, we have a dedicated camera guy or or two, at least one, but two. Uh, we try to have two dedicated camera guys if we can. Um, at, we really want to get those third person shots. You know, we want to get the whole diver, the whole you know, the whole moment. We want to get that 
Uh, and it's hard to do with, you know, splitting it between a head mount and someone else's GoPro that may have gotten the shot, you know, and yeah, yeah. it really, it really makes for, and those that have watched the Bahamas video can really see the difference in the production and the video quality using camera guys. Thanks for listening today, guys. We had a ton of fun bringing you this episode on GoPro. Thanks to our guests. Thanks to our producer, Pat Dwyer. We sort of set you up there, mate, but you rolled with it. You did a fantastic job, as you always do. And uh, thanks for your time, buddy. We've been wanting to do this for a little while. So, uh, yeah, thanks, I've been man. wanting to get you on the show for a while, Pat. So we just found a really clever way to integrate you Sneaky. into things. So I love it. Excellent. All right, so... Uh, our next episode coming up is with Grant Laidlaw all the way from Merry Old Scotland. I cannot wait to publish this episode. We had a oh, f- so much fun yeah. with this episode. It is absolutely awesome. Uh, he is diving at night uh, in the North Sea, Scotland. Um, ton of great stories. Um, some oh, great yeah. information on uh, on pneumatic guns yeah, as well. That was and, awesome. It's just not a part of the world that I ever thought about spearfishing, and uh, it's really, really intriguing. So, uh, yeah, we think you're going to have a lot of fun with that one as well. Let's chat again next week, guys. And if you have any more GoPro questions, fire away. Subscribe to the Noob Spiro newsletter and uh, let us know what you what you battle with with your GoPros. We'd love to hear your ideas. Thanks, guys. Bloody bonza. Catch you next time. Thanks for joining us today, guys. We had a ball bringing you the show. We always do, and it's just, as usual, jam-packed full of good information for the Noob Spiro. Now, if you'd like to connect with us further, do yourself a favor and get on our email newsletter. That is full of the happenings and goings-on around Noob Spiro, and it's got some great deals in there for you as well. Now, if you are a hardcore fan, or just a fan, or you need a new shirt, go to noobspiro.com and check out our range of shirts. We've got some great stuff there from sizes from... Turbo to Shrek. Turbo to Shrek. Yep, and everything in between. And Shrek, what can they do if they want to become truly better at spearfishing? Go to Amazon.com, get your hands on our ebook, 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing. It's actionable information drawn from over 10 years spearfishing experience between Turbo and I, and some of the best information we've learned from more than 40 interviews from spearfishing experts around the world. Also, guys, just quickly, leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. It helps other people find the show. Thanks for listening today. Look forward to getting in your ears again in another fortnight. (laughs) Big thank you to our sponsor, Adreno Spearfishing Supplies. You can find Adreno in Brisbane, Sydney, and Melbourne. They are one of the biggest and best spearfishing stores in the world and stock a full range of spearfishing gear, more than you could ever imagine. So check them out in store or... If you prefer to shop online, check them out at spearfishing.com.au and do yourself a favour, at checkout, use the code NOOBSPIRO to save yourself $20 on all purchases over $200. So that is spearfishing.com.au and use the code NOOBSPIRO at checkout.